Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. You know, the, the luck of the Irish week, uh, not that I am Irish by any stretch of imagination. If you look at my name, clearly I scream Italian. So 
Um, I love my heritage, but I also love my uh, Irish brothers and sisters because um, it's always a great opportunity to have fun and bond. Um, I, I will take any excuse to eat. <laughs> so if, there, if there's a holiday that goes around food or doesn't, I will make it food. And in this week, when I started thinking about, um, you know, the words in our lives, um, things that happen in our lives only have relevance if we give it meaning. Um, and there is a lot of uh, interesting emotion and beliefs that we have put on the word luck. Um, I, I, I find it humorous when people tell me how lucky I have been, because um, clearly they didn't read the whole story, right? Because I don't believe in luck. Um, some people do and some people don't. And so I thought today's segment would be a really great opportunity, given the holiday, to dive underneath your own beliefs about luck. You know, are people really lucky? Are you lucky? You know, what does lucky actually mean for your own definition? And how do you attach to this word? What kind of meaning do you give to it? Um, if we just looked at what luck actually means, if we were just going to do like a uh, a, 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 a definition of translation of luck, it's an accidental way things happen without being planned. Um, so anybody who knows me for about 35 seconds knows that that would be the reason why I don't believe in luck, right? I believe that the success formula is 50% is done in the strategy and the thinking, 25% is done in the planning, and then 25% is done in the actual execution. The reason why most people miss the bullseye over and over again is they get a great idea and they start to go right to action, right? They think and then they start doing. Right, they, most of their days, when they analyze their days, it's doing, 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 doing. And the reality is success doesn't come from the doing if you do not have the thinking and the planning first. So that really means that you're missing 75% of the success formula because you're jumping to doing. And luck, for me, when you really dissect and get into what does really luck really mean, luck is outside of self, right? Luck is something that happens outside of self. And for me, that is an average man's mind. And I mean man like humankind, not male or female, right? A human man mind is to say something is happening outside of self. It's average. Well, there's nothing average about my life. There's nothing average about me. There's nothing average about my business. There's nothing average about anything in my life because my goal isn't average. Right. When you default, right, when you just let things happen, you live an average life. Um, and that's not the goal here. We're breakfast of champions. We're champions. The champion mindset does not rely on outside variables to become a champion. Champions take the thought, the thinking, the strategy, moves it to planning and vetting, the master of the mind, and then executes. The execution is the smallest and the last piece of the formula. And so if you're relying on luck, or if you use the word luck, I invite you to consider that if that's an outward mindset, I invite you into the inward mindset of inside, right? Because success is found inside. Whatever is standing between you and where you want to go is a behavior and a belief. It's not time or money or luck or any of those things. That's, that, that relieves our mind to say, oh, well, I'm a victim. See, if I had more luck, if I had more money, then I would be where I wanna be. That's to relieve your mind with a responsibility that you are in your own way. This is about you. And so 
while we talk about luck in this week, I really, really want to be able to invite some of the unwinding of where did that thought come from? And why is it that you're putting luck into the equation? And is there something stronger that we can put into this equation that can give you more solidity and substance to get really where you want to go, right? Because luck and the lucky mindset is taught. It's taught, right? That means somebody in your life said, oh, that person's lucky or that person's lucky. And they pointed out this thing called luck and they built a story around it and then went to prove it to you that some people are lucky and some people are not, which is a victim mindset. And so I want to unwind that today and put in a healthier um, behavior modifications. That's what we call them, behavior and mindset modifications, so we can get you where you want to go. So I want to invite into that. There's a lot of really fun, fun people from the Genius 100 here today. So I want to be able to banter a little bit about luck. Um, I don't know if we have any of the G100 who actually are Irish. Do we have any Irish, actual really Irish people? Is there any? Is Yes. Uh, hello. Oh, yeah. yeah, look, okay. So I would love to know. So in your heritage, right? How was luck introduced to you in your childhood? Was luck a conversation that happened? I mean, I know how I learned about luck. Luck is not something that's really in the Italian culture. Um, it's something that we absorb from our Irish brothers and sisters, right? So Italians really don't, we don't consider ourselves lucky. We consider ourselves really hard workers, right? Tradesmen. Um, tell me what the story is at, from the Irish standpoint of what, what luck, how luck was introduced to you. Amazing. So my mother and her side of the family are all from Sligo, Ireland. And when we were little kids, we'd literally chase these little gold coins everywhere. And every proverb that we've been raised on are all based around luck, luck of the Irish. And so we were raised with the mindset that we were just lucky because we were Irish. And it's only through going, um, changing groups through high school and the people that I hung around with and working really, really hard in my life, did I realize that that's all just a falsehood. And truly for me, I agree with everything you say. I actually love this conversation, Amelia. Because I think we have to unlearn all of that crap. You're not lucky. You work really, really hard. And then the great things come along. So I love where this conversation is going. I'm not sure if there's anybody else who's on stage that's Irish. But it was definitely embedded in my childhood a lot. I happen to love St. Patty's Day. I celebrate it. Uh, not for any of that reason. Um, I celebrate its history. And I love being around people um, that love to celebrate the history as well. And take the opportunity to celebrate ourselves. But if I keep hearing luck of the Irish anymore, I'm going to go crazy because it's simply not true. And it's a falsehood. Well, and again, you know, the thing that's dangerous about any culture, right, that tells a myth or a story that there's something outside of you that could or could not happen that's going to bring fortune. That's that's the danger, right? The danger is the falsehood of the transfer of power outside of you as the, you know, you are, you create your own destiny, you create your own future. And so when, when you understand, again, the Irish have a lot of really great storytelling, like beautiful storytelling. Um, and you have to remember where that comes from, right? I mean, if you, if you look at the history, right, they were starving, right? They were literally starving, right? And so you have to tell stories when you are in crisis and tragedy. And so I understand when the stories were created, but we are long, long from 
that space and time. And so we have to understand and un unwind our relationship with the word luck. And do we really believe that that's the wild card that's going to gift us, you know, the life of our dreams or what I call genius living? Because there's a lot of people who still are relying on luck. I mean, just look at how many people play the lottery, right? They play the lottery because they're hoping that that outside thing is going to help them get to where they want to go. But here's the crazy statistic. Even those who come into abundance, right? They win the lottery, uh, they inherit something from a family member, right? Something that is $250,000 or greater, right? So it's $250,000 is the stat that says it can be life-changing for you. That's really, it's not a million dollars that somebody needs, it's about 250. And we can get into that into a business conversation in a moment. But the $250,000 that when you gift somebody or something magically happens that brings two fifty dollars into somebody's work, a life, that they flatline within less than two years, right? It's something like 14 months, right? 18 months. So even if I gave you luck money, right? Luck time, if your behavior and mindset is that of an average person, you will go back to average, right? So when you look at lottery winners, in less than two years, they're back to where they were to begin with because without the mental the capacity, mental capacity to grow into the best version of yourself, right? Where your mind lives at this moment is representative in your lifestyle. If you want more of anything, you must first change the thought for the doing and the outcome to follow. And so this is the challenge, the rat race that people are really on. The rat race that you're on is that you can't get away from your own average thoughts. Your average thoughts are keeping you in Groundhog Day that every single day feels exactly the same, that you really don't get any farther in life. If you take a look at you know, your financial status over the last three to five years, maybe it moved five or 10% one way or the other, but nothing drastic, right? And that's because you now have to lean into this other version that feels uncomfortable and it has nothing to do with luck, right? It's, it's with intention. It's an intention to say, this has been wonderful and I'm so grateful for everything that's in my life, but I am now ready for something more. And when you say I'm ready for something more, what additional thoughts, practices, and habits are you going to put into your life so that you can grow into more and then keep it into place? Um, who else are my, uh, Carrie, are you Irish too? I didn't realize Carrie was Irish. I have a little bit of Irish. A little bit of Irish. And Patricia, I'm, you're, you, you, Patricia, you too? Yep. A smidge. A smidge. There's a smidge. You know why? Because you know, all these other cultures want to come over and just love on you people. And so we smidge all over you. Smidge. <laughs> we, 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 the, the blending of right? Of the, of the, I would say the blending of food, right? So I'm always going to eat my way into a culture. Um, so tell me if Patricia or Carrie, either one of you, what, how did you get introduced to the word luck? So my perspective is actually the opposite. So I spent half of my week growing up shuttling between parents. So I spent three days with one, four with the other. And I had a stepmother who everything that bad happened was due to the fact that she had bad luck. Every problem, every, every bit of drama, everything was bad luck. And even as a child, I could clearly see that it wasn't luck. It was things that she was doing 
or believing or her activities that were actually causing the outcome. So I was taught very early not to believe in luck at all to the point where, you know, my brother used to win like every single thing that he tried for or even just random like drawings and stuff. And my mom would say, oh, your brother's so lucky. And I'd say, no, he's not. Like that doesn't exist because I was seeing it in the other house that luck was used as a weapon or an excuse as to why things weren't happening in a certain way. So I'm the opposite. I've never believed in it. Oh, I love that's a great topic though, right? Bad luck, right? That that somebody has bad luck, right? That is definitely something that we hear about, right? We hear people that that's incorporated into somebody's world that they're just unlucky, right? Especially unlucky in love, unlucky in money, un unlucky in opportunities, unluck. Um, and so that's a great awareness. I forget about the opposite side, right? That opposite side to say that they, somebody thinks that they're not lucky. Um, I hear that just because of my field of expertise. I hear that so much in the money world, right? That they're not lucky in their investments. They've got bad luck or with love, people that are, believe that they're unlucky in love. That's, that's a good one. What about you, Miss Carrie? Can you hear me? I'm here. I'm here. Um, yeah, I feel the opposite too, but I didn't get any, any, I don't feel like I got a message about luck um, from my heritage. I'm Scotch, Irish on one side and English and Cajun on the other. So uh, I definitely um, have a lot of different things, but I think for my grandparents that were Irish, um, they just worked their asses off, you know, they worked for everything they had. And so maybe they, maybe they figured it out early and it and didn't pass that idea down. Well, and, and that remember that the first wave of Im immigrants, right. Especially the Irish, the Italians, right. were hard workers, right. We're known for hard work. Um, and that becomes the other myth, right? So that's where in your genetics, you're fighting that myth, right? So I will tell you just for myself, my family and my family, 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 families all believe that you must work hard to be successful, right? The Irish work hard, right? A lot, a lot of our nationalities are on the belief system that we must really work hard unless you're aristocratic, right? Um, and that mindset is a broke mindset, right? Because it's dependent on self, right? It's dependent on trading for money. And that is something that we are, um, as a society now, as, as the gig worker starts to rise in the gig economy, if you are trading time for money, that is coming from the belief system that I must work hard, right? That is something that you were told and that you were taught that you have to work hard. Where if you look at wealth generation, it's to get money and assets to work hard, right? Yes, I need to work to put other things, other assets to work so that I am duplicating self. It's not that Amelia is working, Amelia's assets are working. And so that is a different relationship with the word work on who and what is working. Um, not necessarily working hard, right? Working smart. That's what that actually means. But if in that thought process, you bump into 
these beliefs that come from the previous generations about working hard or being lucky or not lucky, whatever, that whole mindset was storytelling to relieve the pain of how hard they were working. When we were in tribes and villages, they were physically working from sun up to sun down and the storytelling was to relieve pain. How's that sound as a, as a, as a landing knowledge nugget there? That is so accurate, Amelia. One of my greatest teachers in my life was my Nana and she had been through some stuff and they are from a part in Ireland. They went through some crazy stuff. She went through diphtheria. She went through war. She had eight uh, children. Um, I have eight aunts and uncles. She lost a child when, uh, she was six years old. I believe, I think my aunt was, uh, six when she passed away there was times they had no food on the table and she would tell stories i could probably write a whole novel series patricia on the stories that i've heard from her but i think there's something woven together between luck and faith because my grandmother was an extremely faithful woman she believed that god would take care of her and she didn't think that you know we grew up with a if you're really irish you're very superstitious um, I was raised like that. There are certain things that I believe in, and I think they've been kind of in, embedded in me, indoctrinated into me. And they believed that, you know, bad luck comes in threes. That's how I've, I've heard it like that ever since I was young. It's only when I grew up that I realized that they had it wrong. It's all about how we're looking at things and the energy. I think there is no bad luck. I love how you talked about that. I think we should carry on with that one because that changes people's lives. It's how we carry our energy inside of us. It's all from within. So I think you should go off of that because that one's a huge one for people. Well, yeah. And I, and I, well, first of all, I appreciate that. So thank you. Um, I think being able to identify where our thoughts travel outside of ourselves. I don't think people realize how often what you're thinking about is giving power outside of self. It's very, very difficult to stay inside of you. Right. I think that what makes a phenomenal leader is that a leader that never looks to say, oh, I have, you know, bad people or lazy people or this people or that people or I don't have enough resources, whatever. All of that is outside of self thinking and you will never solve a problem out there. You need to solve the problem within because that inward journey is a practice. Right. And, and I all of us do. We find ourselves very easily going within to our habits and our behaviors and then something happens and woof, off we go um in, into a um into a thought process that leaves us right and when it leaves us that's the minute we lost our power it's the minute we lost our compute that's that is when you fail you fail the minute your you allow your mind to travel outside and outside self mary lynn I just, oh. can I share a little bit of my thoughts on the luck thing? Um, oh. people, my thoughts on the luck thing? Go for it. I think Tony's mic is open. <laughs> sorry, and I was on mute. I was talking, uh, going on and on and on and didn't realize that I was actually oh, on I'm mute. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Tony, um, okay, I'll just- Go for it. I, I just keep yes. getting the feedback. Um, so anyways, everyone always thought I was- Irish. Oh, sorry, it's my, my mic was muted. Amelia, if we could, let's try to unmute you on StreamYard. And mute Clubhouse and everybody leave my mic open. I'll be coming, Amelia coming through my mic. Leave my mic open. I'll be coming, Amelia coming through my mic. Leave my mic open. I'll be coming. I don't, is that where it's going to get feedback, though, Tony? Because that's all I do. That's, that's 
Yeah, Tony, it's horrible. Yeah. It was good with. I know, Amelia. Mute your clubhouse. Unmute your. Um, unmute your uh, stream yet. I have. I am. That's what. That's that's where the street screeching is coming from. He has to mute while other people are talking. It's okay. Lower your volume on Clubhouse all the way down if you could. No, it's it's when. Sorry about that, guys. Technical challenges we're on our stream. We're not getting audio. As long as he has audio speakers in the background, it's not when he speaks. It's when other people are talking and he speaks with that his speaker. Somebody's in the same room with somebody else with an open it's mic. Yeah. Alright, I'm gonna mute my mic. Let's see if that how that goes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, sorry about that. Yeah, Tony, it's your it's your mic. When you open up the mic, it causes the the screeching. So, apologies on that. I don't know what you know. I I haven't figured out. But anyway, um. What I, what, what I was, what I, the thought process that I was jumping on was being able to, um, like what Tara was saying, you know, energetically being able to keep the continual becoming of best self inside, an inside journey. But it, even if you start from your, you know, your morning practices, the minute that something happens, you then move outside of self. You go outside of your thinking and then that's where you give your power away. And so it is a continual practice. But what happens is we have learned so many of these beliefs from the generation before and the generation before. When you unwind storytelling, you start to realize why they told the story, right? The stories are always told in order to help a individual, a family, or a community survive, right? The brain seeks information. They want, it wants a reason. It needs a reason. Why are we starving? Why are we, um, you know, why is there war? You know, why, why is this thing is happening? And so we create stories to fill in the why. And then we pass those stories on to um, the next generation and the next generation. And most of the time, the generation doesn't even know where this- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Story came from, right? And so one of my favorite things to do um, with young people is to unwind some of the quippets that we've learned. You know, many hands make light, light work. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? All of those come from our history and they were created from a story story of something that was actually happening. So just for example, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, uh, there used to be a bathtub in front of a fire with very little hot water and you, you bathe from oldest to youngest and the water got dirtier and dirtier and dirtier. And by the time you got to the infant, you needed to be careful because the water was almost black that you didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater because you couldn't even find the baby because the, the water was so dirty right? That's where that saying actually comes from. 
Now we use all different types of meaning to don't throw the baby out with the bathwater now to mean something different that our generation put on it. Or if you're telling, if you're using the quip it, you have a meaning that you're putting on it, right? So meaning just, you know, don't, you know, try to keep the good and don't throw it out with the bad, but it's actually originated from a story of don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, which was a learn to learn something of that was going on in the home to not accidentally, as you're washing the eight or nine kids, as you get down to the youngest one to throw it out. Um, those type of things are very fascinating, but we're creating our own stories right now and we're teaching them to the people in our lives, right? So teaching like hard work, you have to work hard in order to be successful. You know, you have to have uh, a two income in order to survive. You have to, you have to, you have to. These are stories that we tell each other um, and that then creates a, uh, 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 it lessens our power and our impact. Like Tara was saying, it, it lessens our energy in order to be able to actually have, uh, the, who do I want to become? How, would, how do I want to live my life? Um, who else would like to chime in here a little bit about luck and what, what, what you think about luck or something that you were actually told in your heritage that you're now unwinding and putting in a new and stronger practice. Hey, Amelia, it's Renee. Hey, Miss Renee. Hey, girlfriend. So I freaking love this conversation because I, like you, grew up Italian and we have our own set of things. I'm sure you can relate, but I grew up with the belief of other people wishing bad on you, which I'm sure that people do. The Italian hacks? That's it. That's it. You got to wear your Italian horn around your neck because people will overlook you. And they'll, they'll, they'll put a curse on you and, and wish bad. And, yep. Yep. Exactly. And that really screwed me up growing up with that belief. Also going to Catholic school, which I love my, you know, the religion that I grew up in, but it caused a lot of fear that I, I know was unnecessary. And I myself have been trying to unwind these like crazy beliefs, so to speak. But when we talk about luck, I love I love this topic because I, I want to touch upon the opposite of what you're saying, Amelia, which is that we, when we go outside of ourselves to think that, that what, that's what will bring good into our lives. That's where we, that's where we falter. But what about, and I was speaking with Tara about this last night. What about when you think so much about this idea of manifestation, where you put so much pressure on yourself, on yourself when you have a negative thought or when you feel fear and then you turn around and say, oh my goodness, now I'm calling it into my life. So it's almost like the opposite of that, almost digging too deep into the self and using it as a, as a battle against yourself. That's a beautiful thing, especially since there's a lot of people talking about, you know, if like the secret, right? Think it and then it becomes true. So if, if you realize that every thought is just an information piece, right? So when you think something and then you're like, oh, wow, that was a horrible thought and that's not gonna take me where I want, right? That self-discovery. If you dig into understanding why, you know, why do you think that and where did that come from, right? Where you, unwinding the belief that's attached to that, right? It's that, it's that attachment theory is if you've discovered that that thought is rooted in fear, right? To just sit in it just a little moment to say, well, fear of what? Like, really, what do you, what fear of, like, what is the worst thing that could possibly happen? Mm -hmm. Right. And so 
I love the exercise. And again, I know that, um, Renee, you come from the actor uh, world, right? And there is a practice, and I'm going to get it wrong, um, so just help me here, that when you're doing improv, right, that when you toss back and forth, there's an exercise that is the and, right? Do you know what yes, I'm talking about? And, yep. You, you, keep, All right. you keep the conversation going by saying yes, and, and you build on that story. So I love, I don't know who invented that. That is the most amazing game ever. Flash your mic if you know what I'm talking about, the yes, and. Okay, only a couple people. So there is a, and again, I am not, clearly I am not an actress, right? But when you study this, right, which is, it, it actually comes from behavior, right? So a lot of acting is to be able to identify with what you are feeling and then call upon it at a different point in time. So there's a practice that when two actors are working together, doesn't matter what is said or what is done, what is done, they then do yes and. And when you're in a thought process, right, that says something like, oh, wow, well, I'm going to be, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life right? I take that same type of practice and then I go, okay. And so if you're, and then you're alone, right? Being alone, does that mean then you're not going to be able to, you know, you go to your vision board, travel around. No, you will not. You'll still be able to travel around. Does that mean that you're not? No, that's not. I'll still be able to make as much money as I want. Does that mean you're not going to have your money? They to, to unwind the process of what you think you fear to understand, is that fear at all real? Like, is it, it's based on what? It's usually based on nothing. And as you unwind what you think your greatest fear is and go into this, yes, and, 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 and so what? And so what? And so what? And so what? I mean, I have to do this with my kids all the time. When they come back and go, oh my God, the whole, I've failed my math test. I'm like, okay, and? Well, the teacher's gonna be upset with me, okay? And, well, it's gonna bring down my grade. And, you know, I like to really help them understand, okay, when you're my age, the fact that you failed your freshman math test, do you even think it's anywhere on my radar? No. And does it matter? Not really. Not really. You know, I just had a client who is trying to break their toddler of uh, the sippy cup, right? And I said, listen, here's what you know for a fact. He is not going to go to high school with his sippy cup. Between now and high school, he is going to learn to put down the sippy cup. He's not going to take his blanket. He's not, not all those things are going to work themselves out. So when we put such emphasis on something that it means something far greater than it really does, play with the exercise of the and, and, and to really go down deep, to realize that what you think is this greatest fear in the scheme of things actually is not nearly as important as we wanna make it to be at that moment, which is really what's happening is a stress reliever, right? Even though we're creating our stress, we are trying to tell us a story and the storytelling practice is to relieve anxiety, even though we're telling ourselves a negative story and that's why we're creating anxiety. Renee, does that make any sense when I say that, that we're creating the opposite of what we really want? It's really just an opportunity to tell ourselves whatever story we want. It could be a positive story, not a negative story. Absolutely, and I, I love that, Amelia. Thank you for that reminder of that exercise. Um, 
you know, where I get caught up and, and I believe many others do as well is oftentimes it's not even about the negative thought, like a negative thought could come in like, Oh, you're going to die today. All right. Well, I might die. Then that's my time. Right. And, and then I kind of just, just treat it like it's just any old thought. But where I've gotten tripped up in my own life is that from the secret and all these beautiful tools that we have about manifestation, what a lot of those teachings tells is that just having the thought, right, will will create. So let me just give you an example. Say I walk down the stairs and I stub my toe. And then what happens is I'll go, oh my gosh, Renee, what did you do? What did you think that just caused that? And it, it, it feels like then I'm fearing just fear itself, if that makes sense. It's not even the thought. It's like, just don't feel fear. Right. And so let me, so let me give you the, let me, let me walk you through this. Cause I, I think people experientially learn best, right? You walk down the step and you stub your toe, yeah. right? Universally, that is a message to go slow. Yeah. It's really just to say, it has nothing to do with the toe, to slow down or to become aware of what happens to be around you. Same thing, the thought of, I might die today, really is a message from the universe to reach out to people and say, you know, I just want to tell you that I love you. you know, Marcus Black says it all the time. He says, uh, I love you be- because, right? No, no. Yeah. Alexander says, I love you because. Marcus says, you know, um, uh, because you can, right? And so we have an opportunity when we feel like, okay, I'm thinking about death and dying, is really our brain saying, am I really telling the people around me that I love them? Is it an opportunity to tell somebody that you are important into my life? Like I just, I just saw, Gar- I don't know if people know who Gabby Bernstein is. Ah, uh, my, my favorite. Right. Okay. So Gab- Gabby and I go way, I mean, I can't even tell you. So 50, I'm going to just make myself old 15 years ago, maybe, maybe more. Um, and there was a little circle of us women that were all trying to do really good things at a certain point in time at that. That was the beginning of my, um, I got, that's when I got my offer to go from CNBC to Fox news. I'm really dating myself now. Anyway, we all knew each other. And yesterday I had the opportunity to tell her that the work that, that she has done was a big awareness for me to be able to bring that type of work into my businesses. I practiced that work um, as an individual when I knew uh, Gabby and we've had some brilliant conversations, but it's in my relationship with her that I had the, the, the leadership and the chutzpah to bring it into my practice, to bring it into my company, to bring it into my leadership, right? Now, that may not sound like a big deal to you, but I will tell you right now, when you're running um, a, a company that's you know, being audited and getting an evaluation and, and uh, all those things are being documented and, and, and you know, meditation and, and holistic and all of these practices that are in my companies, at that point in time, what was being said was, oh, that's because you're a female CEO. Not about it was the betterment of my people. It was too easy for society to say, well, that was because I was being female. And I was like, no, what about if I'm being a great leader? And that I realized that when you help people develop the life of their dreams, their genius living, that when you pour into people, whether that journey is for them to stay with you or go on and do their own companies or something else, that when you pour in, it isn't just about the company. It's about the entire ripple effect. And that people need to have healthy, amazing, uh, purposeful living lives and that the company has a responsibility to help them develop, to be the best that they can. And so that 
was important for me to tell Gabby that her work not only impacted me, it impacted every single person who's come into my life because it gave me the courage, right? The bravery to say, this isn't just my personal life. This is all of my life. And so no matter what I do, all of my life is going to be about being your highest and best self, your genius living, whether it's in my business, in my investment, in something that I'm doing, that that is what I am. And so if something isn't of that type of healthiness, right, then I am not involved. And so it was an opportunity for me to be able to say thank you. And I think that when you get these things where you're like, oh my God, I'm fearing death or thinking something bad happening, maybe to, you know, we get those thoughts, right? You know, my dog is going to die. My kids are going to die, whatever. Those thoughts happen. It is an awareness for you to practice gratitude. It is an awareness for you to reach out to people, to let them know that they matter, right? That they had an impact in your life. And so that's how I interpret those thoughts, Renee, is that it is an awareness for me that I need to communicate a message that somebody needs to hear and that I need to give that credit, right? All humans need to be seen, heard, recognized, valued, and rewarded into their own you know, uh, value language so that they can understand that who and what they are matters. And that becomes a huge chain. And we don't do enough of that. We don't do enough of giving flowers to people who have impacted our life because I don't care how big, how popular, how wealthy, how much you've put that person on a pedestal. I can assure you that every human needs to know that what they have done or something that they've said or how they have shown up matters. They need to know that their work matters. And that's what that thought means. That thought is a, is a uh, invitation for you to communicate to somebody that they matter. Amen, Amelia. And I, I love, and it's so funny. Again, I saw you with Gabby and I was like, oh my dear God, I've been you know, a huge fan of hers for years and same thing. I mean, I have all of her books and I follow her principles. And it's just that reminder constantly for me about these thoughts when they come in. And what I'm getting from you as well, Amelia, which is so beautiful, is that at the end of the day, it's also what I attach to it, right? If a thought comes in and I just say, as you said, you know what, I'm gonna go call up my my best friend, tell her how much I love her. If I use it as action to propel me in a positive way, then you know what, it's a freaking amazing thought because now it just turned my behavior to something positive and now I, I'm in control. So thank you for that, that was, that was really awesome. And that is, but that is our power of choice. Every thought can be used for good. Ooh. There is nothing, there's no such thing as good or bad or negative and positive unless we give it that meaning. So you can tell me any thought that you have and I will walk you through what the uh, you know, strain and recovery, what the recovery part of that thought is, where the impact of that thought is, right? It's just learning how to translate the awareness things, right? Our thoughts and actions, stubbing the toe, a thought that was just learning how to um, convert that into uh, energy that we can use for our own trajectory of where we want to go. Ah, 
Yes, Amelia. Happy right. Friday, everybody. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Who else has some thoughts? Come on. We want thoughts. We're going to do a little talk machine thought. here. Amelia, it's Mary yes. Lynn. So hey, Mary I Lynn. walked around. Hey, good morning. I walked around, red hair, blue eyes, pale skin, and everyone thought I was Irish. And I always thought how wonderful it would be to be Irish because they have been granted this right to feel lucky. And I was like mystified it. I'm actually Russian and Scandinavian. So I did the ancestry DNA and I found out I was 7% Irish. And I'm like, woohoo, I've got some luck now. Well, of course, as I grew up, uh, you know, as I, I they demystified the, the legend of luck, I realized, you know, that's not true. But like I said, in the beginning, I thought uh, it was almost like a, uh, you are protected. It was, uh, you know, you're highly favored. It was almost like a given right that they had luck. So this conversation around luck has been so interesting because it's definitely not what I was thinking. So thanks for letting me share. I love it. I love I, it. I, and I, I love, and again, if, if that, you know, when people run their ancestries or whatever, right. To the curiosity to find out what they are, you can give whatever meaning you want to anything. I mean, that's the power of the mind. Right. And so if you want to believe that you having a little bit of the Irish in you is somehow going to put you in favor. Right. As long as you understand that that's an outside thought. Right. That you are giving permission outside of yourself. If that works for you. Wonderful. I choose to keep my energy in the machine of where it is that I'm going. Right. So I don't believe that there is anything good or bad in or out of favor, right? I believe that every step and every experience is an opportunity for me to use it into what I call genius living and for me to be able to use that energy that is created in order to serve in my lane. My lane is to heal unintended pain. That is my lane. And so if I can use everything that I know in order to touch one person, to relieve pain that they're in, then I am living my best life. If I can just jump in with that. Yeah, Tony, go ahead. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> All right. So what I was going to say, you know, we could all have a little Irish in us. I mean, just to have a shot of Jameson or Guinness or something, you'll have a little bit in you. But, <laughs> but all kidding aside, you know, when it comes to luck, um, luck is nothing but when preparation meets opportunity, right? When preparation meets opportunity, you're lucky. Well, if you get the opportunity, but you're not prepared for it, then you're not going to be able to seize it. If you have... You're echoing, Tony. You're, we've got a huge echo. Oh, that's crazy. I'm You're not sure what's happening on my side. All right. Well, anyway, you got the the, the gist of it. Um, gotcha. Who else was chiming in right behind Tony? I that was me. This is Sean. Okay. Let's, let's, let's hear Let's share some <laughs> thoughts here. Okay. So um, success and failure and good and bad and luck are labels that we are quick to assign to people in our actions and we stop thinking of them in terms of one or the other and just focus on results. That's when you learn to reflect and grow. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and yes, I, I want to be careful with the word results, right? Because it implies the tactical side, right? Which I love that part of it, but there's always the, uh, the mental side that must come before the tactical side. I like to keep into full awareness 
that people do not not reach success because of a missing tactic, right? You can learn to do anything by a quick YouTube search, right? So if that was the case, that we were just lacking a tactic, we would all be exactly where we wanna be. The reason why we are not where we need to be is on the opposite side of the work, which is the, the getting in our own way, the softer skills of thinking, therefore I am, right? All of that side um, is what stops us from putting in the tactics to move where I wanna go. We literally are in our own way, meaning that we are in our own mind and take us off course. Um, I was doing this last night. Uh, I was with Carmelia and Gabby and a bunch of this, and I was doing these decoding sessions. I was literally sitting with people and listening to what they think. And then I was like, let me give you the reflection of what you just said. And those sessions are so important for people because it, they actually get to listen what they are saying to themselves and then perfectly clearly with clarity see why it is that they're stuck wherever they are. So I, I love these sessions. Who else was wanted to chime in on something that they were thinking? It's Jackie uh, I, here, Amelia. Sean. Sean, go ahead. I heard you first, and then I can't, the little quiet voice. Who was that? Jackie. That was Jackie. Jackie. Honey. Okay, so Sean and then Jackie. Good morning, and good morning. Listen, I love, love, love everything that you've shared this morning. It's so dynamic and, and impactful. Um, one of the things that just totally reached out in my head um, for the statement that you said that if we help people develop the life of their dreams, like when you think about that, so many people have visions and dreams and they, and they start out with it, oh, I'm gonna do this. It starts as a kid. Um, and many of the girls that I end up uh, dealing with most on the platform know that I rescue girls from human trafficking. And getting into their mind after we've gotten them back into a stable environment and a healthy home and getting them to say, what is their dream? What is their vision? And helping them to develop that um, and bringing them out of what it is that they've you know, gotten themselves involved in. But having them to dream and to develop it, like you said, so many amazing things today that I'm going to be sharing with them um, later on today as we have our mentoring sessions. And so I just wanted to thank you for that because a lot of times they get into things and, and many of us have, it is only by God's grace that we are not them. Let's just be honest um, because we've all tried and, and gotten out here and done things. But um, to have them understand that we can help them and for us to, to dig into and to pour into someone and to mentor them, I encourage people all the time, just take one person, just grab one person under your little wing and once a month, just pour into them and give into them and mentor them and help them to develop the life of their dreams. And when you look and see that you've actually done it, like literally um, last month, I had a, a girl um, that I just realized she crossed the 2.2 million dollar mark based on a blueprint I gave her and it just was so awesome because when I met her she was um, dealing with getting ready to be homeless with her family with her three kids and I just poured into her and mentored her and said hey this is what you need to do and this is how you do it and then she called me and said hey I need a P&L and I was like you need a P&L <laughs> she said yes and when she shared her screen with me I was like whoa 
Now that made me feel awesome that I impacted her life and now it's gonna help her children. So it's things I just want people to think on this stage. People somewhere, they need you. Even if it's not you building a business, even if you're not an entrepreneur, somebody out there needs you. And you have just set me on fire this morning, girl. So I thank you. This is Sean Smash Jet and I'm landing my jet. Well, Sean, I, yeah, well, well, first of all, thank you. Thank you for the work that you do and, and thank you for commenting today. And so I just wanna uh, leave you with one little thought. Um, I am the adult um, of a mother who, um, obviously my mother had a lot of issues. She was a drug addict and alcoholic and all those other things. But my mother traded me for sex when I was very young. And I mean young, I'm talking about under the age of 10. So I was traded um, for things that she needed and wanted. And I spent a lot of time trying to not feel dirty, not to feel cheap, not to feel used, not to feel um, that somehow I was less than for choices that I really didn't have any control over or did not believe I had any control. Now, the greatest gift that had happened to me in this journey, and this is why I wanna say this to you, is when you translate for somebody how something that can be perceived as negative is actually the greatest positive in their life. That every experience is setting you up for the greater good. My resilience and my tenacity, you cannot beat me at. You are, there is not a human who can out bounce me, right? My ability to dig in and to push through the impossible is why my career has always been that. My, if you if you if you look at if you're in an entrepreneur program in um, a bunch of the different colleges, you will see my case study for me to bring green mainstream when it wasn't supposed to. All the things that I've done in my career are, are making possible what people say are impossible. So it begs the question: Why? Well, because it's impossible for me to be as healthy and as stable that I am today, given where my history came from. And I could give you on and on and on, you would need three hankies. But everything that happened in my childhood was preparing me for to be the CEO and the leader that I am today, to be the inventor and the recreator of how we take antiquated and, and make them new, right? And so everything is a training ground for your future self. And when people are coming out of, huge childhood abuse because as children, we don't really have the control and the situations where we end up. When you realize that your soul already knew the journey that it was going to be on and it is collecting the tools and the experience to develop us into the humans for us to become our future. And when young people realize that they are empowered by that experience and that it allows you to set I would not be the type of entrepreneur I am if I didn't have the resilience keys from my childhood, right? And so I really hope that when you go back and you talk to them, when they look at my career, I want them to see themselves. I am the grown-up version of the girls that you are helping. Oh my God, thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay, who was next? Uh Amazing. Is Jackie here, Amelia? Oh. Hey, Jackie. Hey. Um, well, I am Irish, and um, 
you know, growing up, there was always this, when you had good luck, it was great. But when you had bad luck, it came in threes. And then as I grew older um, and was working my way up the management scale, if you like, um, when I would progress, and this would have been, you know, in large multinationals, it was, oh, Jackie got it. That's the look of the Irish. But no, it wasn't. Jackie got it because Jackie had personality and Jackie worked hard. And that was something that I learned the more that I met people outside of Ireland that perceived that you got things because you were lucky. No, you work hard for your luck. You really, really do. So it's not just something. And, you know, I had a room yesterday for St. Patrick's Day and there was a lovely guy in it who, for the look of the Irish, um, decided to get a tattoo and he got the four leaf clover and he was in his way honoring St. Patrick and Ireland and the poor guy hadn't the heart to tell him that it's actually the three leaf shamrock not the four leaf clover so it's amazing how um, some people perceive different things to be what they are but they aren't but they have a belief in it and if it brings them joy, good for them. This is Jackie in the Red handing back the baton. I love Jack. First of all, I could listen to your voice all day long. So thank you for adding that because I just, my whole, my whole spirit feels happy now just listening to your voice. So thank you. And yes, I mean, so you have to, again, unwinding these stories. The three is the trilogy, right? That's what the three is representing energetically across cultures, right? That things come in three, right? That is where the three is coming from, is from scripture. Um, and three is one of those most familiar uh, numbers, right? Because we've been programmed for generations and generations and generations, right? And so you find three, not only in the New Testament, you also find it in the Old Testament. So three is familiar, Right. So that's why your brain is going there. And so three, again, the the three leaf clover was representative of right. The Protestant and the Catholic, you know, Father, Son and, and Holy Spirit. And so that's where the three is coming from. Now, if you hop over for a nanosecond over to numerology, right, three is representative of the throat and the speak, right, to be able to speak. Um, and so that is where the three energy is coming is the greatest communicators, right? To be able to translate the message in which you intend. And so again, when you go back to storytelling and, you know, what is really, really happening, um, the, the three was to be, to be, to be heard. Right. And so again, when you're in situations where, uh, things are not feeling good, the, the instinct is to be heard, Right. And so a lot of the stuff, when you go back and you look at different types of religions and uh, again, to pick whatever religion you want, uh, when somebody is in pain, uh, the the instinct to pray is of three energy to be heard. I'm, I'm praying. I need you to hear me. I you know, that's what it is. And so, again, I I don't want to put. Um, meaning on anything one way or another. I just want to, to unwind for you. Where does the three come from? Where does the seven, the lucky seven, where does it come from? It's storytelling from our history. And as long as the story feels good to you and that's part of your belief system, then you can give it meaning. But please do not allow somebody else to give it meaning if you do not choose it. 
is my whole purpose here. Hi, Amelia. That was awesome. This is Dami. How are you? Can I follow? Dami? Sure. Yes. And then we're going to make sure I give it over to Mr. David Meltzer. So we have, we only have a couple of minutes, so let's move quickly so that we hit our, our time clock. Okay, I'll be quick. Thank you so much. Um, when um, you mentioned about the numerology, it just got me thinking about, um, you know, this the, the lucky and unlucky number 13. And up until I'd met um, Anthony Browder, who had, he's an author of a book called um, Nile Valley Contribution to Civilization, and he's an Egyptologist, and um, had interviewed him for a film um, about Malcolm X. And he had spoke about actually how the, the number 13 was actually very, very lucky. And under, you know, Egyptian mystery, and under the Egyptian mystery system, the 13 represents transformation, resurrection and rebirth and new life. And then the Freemasonry, they use the 13 to, you know, create sort of liberty and the pursuit of happiness in the American, you know, system. Um, and so, I'd realized that I'd been using the sort of this lack of luck um, by understanding that, you know, numbers like the 13 were unlucky instead of lucky. And then that started to, in my mind, it started to, I started to think about this whole idea of not necessarily being unlucky, but having the lack of luck, which I was taught, um, you know, as a young person that, you know, you're black, you're a woman, so you have to work twice as hard. And, you know, because luck doesn't serve you. So you actually have to have excellence and, you know, um, and be and work above the rest in order to have any type of success. And I realized how limiting that is as well. And so it's just been a real revelation just to, to, to hear this fascinating conversation. Thank you, this is Dami. I love that. And the other thing too, so Italians consider the number 13 lucky, right? So if you've ever been through Italy, you're going to see 13 all over the place. We consider that a lucky number. Well, what really, what is 13? 13 really is four. What is four is the definition of hard work. And so as a society, right, as we go back to the Roman Empire, right, we believe that through our work, we will scale, right? Italians pride themselves on the hard work. Well, it's funny how we identify ourselves with, with the number 13 that actually is the poster child for the word work. So it's just interesting to always unwind where something came from and then just making the choice of does it or does it not serve you? So I actually love all of that. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.